Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. College football week one is upon us. We've got some great games this week. Florida traveling to Utah. South Carolina, North Carolina bringing their rivalry back. LSU and Florida State. And then Clemson and Duke, the Labor Day Monday night game. Head over to Bet Online Sportsbook today and use our promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the link in the description to this episode. Bet online where the game starts. Good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose. And we appreciate that you have decided to stop in on this fine, according to our count, Monday, August 28th, 2023. Welcome, 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 everybody. We have got a fantabulous show coming at you today. We got a Friday news dump from the San Francisco 49ers that they were trading Trey Lance, which, by the way, was absolutely invigorating for myself because I was doing Sacramento Sports Radio. As the Trey Lance news broke, we were covering the 49ers. We got the breaking news. It was a thrill rush of a two hours after Trey Lance got traded from the 49ers to the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I want to focus in today's podcast on. And then at the very end, I want to add a a touch of a conversation around Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs ended up coming to terms on a one-year contract with the Raiders. It was only slightly more guaranteed money than the $10.1 million franchise tag. I just wanted to touch on that at the very end of the show today, but I wanted to start off by talking in bulk about our crypto quarterback Trey Lance finally crapping out, finally losing its value. The 49ers were holding the line, diamond strong hands for years, and then they decided to cash out on Trey Young at the very last moment that they could. And since we're going to talk about Trey Lance, and since we're going to talk about Brock Purdy, and since this is a conversation about the 49ers quarterback room, we will begin, as we always do, by playing our Jimmy Garoppolo parody song that we made back in 2022 after, for some godforsaken reason, the Niners, who traded three first-round picks for Trey Lance, ended up sitting him for the first season and playing Jimmy Garoppolo, and yes, making it to an NFC Championship game, 
but at the same time being incredibly frustrated every single time that Jimmy Garoppolo was playing quarterback for their team, despite the fact they traded everything they did for a quarterback like Trey Lance. So let's play our Jimmy Garoppolo parody song, because I don't know how many more chances we're going to get to play this song now that Garoppolo is no longer the quarterback of the Niners, and now that Trey Lance is no longer the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. It's two completely brand new quarterbacks. We made this parody song in February of 2022. At that time, if I remember correctly, Sam Darnold was a Carolina Panther and Brock Purdy had not yet been drafted by the 49ers yet. So we have two completely brand new quarterbacks playing for the 49ers than we had when we made this fun Jimmy Garoppolo parody song set to the uh, the Weatherman theme song from the uh, favorite cult classic Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day, which I know is a weird sentence to say, but trust me, the song works. Garoppolo Drops back to throw. You're gonna lose the game. The seasons come and seasons go. The Niners need a change. If you don't throw check downs, you're gonna take a sack. Jimmy G is warming up. Yeah, he's your quarterback. No, don't throw it. Interceptions drive us all insane. Phones are calling. Ron Rivera wants to make a trade. If a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up. They got your quarterback. They say he's smart, and he wins games. That don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding, talent's what you lack. Trade two picks for Jimmy G. Now he's your quarterback. All right, so Trey Lance got traded by the San Francisco 49ers to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a fourth-round pick, which is less than the third-round pick they were reportedly offered by the Minnesota Vikings at the NFL draft last year, and reportedly less, well, I guess not reportedly, confirmed to be less than the reports that they would only take a first-round pick in exchange for Trey Lance back around the NFL draft. And now they end up settling on trading a fourth. The first thing that I wanted to address with the Trey Lance story, which has been a wild two and a half years, something that we have lived 
just in the lifespan of this podcast, going back to the day that the 49ers traded three first-round picks for the number three pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, going back to when we first learned about Trey Lance being the draft pick after people tried to convince me for months that Mac Jones was somehow better than Justin Fields, and then they ended up taking neither of those two by selecting Trey Lance, and then Trey Lance not getting to play the first season of his career, which drove me ab- drove me absolutely batshit insane that the 49ers would give up three first-round picks and then actively choose to stay in Jimmy Garoppolo purgatory when the whole purpose of trading three first-round picks for a quarterback was to get themselves out of Jimmy Garoppolo purgatory to then... Without Jimmy Garoppolo's contract being guaranteed, the 49ers bringing Garoppolo back on a discounted contract last offseason to then Trey Lance getting hurt in Week 2 to then the Nick Foles syndrome scenario where Brock Purdy took over as the starter to then a conversation between whether Brock Purdy or Trey Lance was going to be the quarterback one for the 49ers to that being resolved pretty quickly that it was going to be Brock Purdy as quarterback one to then it being Sam Darnold versus Trey Lance for the number two to now Trey Lance ultimately being named the number three and then being jettisoned out of San Francisco as fast as they possibly could. This has been a story that we have been following as in just the history of this podcast. It's been a wild and wacky two and a half years to get to this point. It's two and a half years that don't make a whole lot of sense in the grand scheme of things, but the first thing that I wanted to point out in working backwards to 2021 is just in the last 48 hours of Trey Lance's time in San Francisco, I'm really curious about what was going on within the 49ers front office and the 49ers locker room because Trey Lance was told sometime Tuesday or Wednesday that he was going to be quarterback three for the San Francisco 49ers and that Sam Darnold was going to be quarterback two because that information got leaked out Wednesday morning. And when that information got leaked out Wednesday morning, Trey Lance was a no-show at 49ers practice. And when Trey Lance was a no-show at 49ers practice, the 49ers gave the rationale that we wanted to give Trey the day off after such a devastating decision to not have him be the start the backup quarterback for the 49ers, which is not even like a good lie, it's just a lazy lie. Like, lying by saying, oh, this was such a devastating decision that we feel like Trey Lance needs to have some time off from the team. Again, it's just a lazy lie. It's not even really a good lie on the part of the 49ers front office. But they did what they had to do. They said, like, hey, Trey got the day off. He's still planning to play in the preseason game while they were actively trying to find any team that would trade for Trey Lance or trade Lance. 
get it because Trey Lance, trade Lance. Yeah, 49ers Twitter has been making that same joke over and over again. So trade Lance became the motive for 48 hours, but I really want to know what happened in the in-between. Was Trey Lance so pissed that he ended up walking out on practice on that Wednesday? Were the 49ers so motivated to move him that they were willing to just take whoever was offering the best value for Lance? Was there a possibility they were going to cut Trey Lance if no teams offered anything in exchange for him, and ultimately their decision to trade him to the Dallas Cowboys, the team who they've beaten in the playoffs each of the last two seasons, the decision to trade Trey Lance to the Cowboys for a fourth-round pick, when it was reported that it was going to be a sixth or a seventh-round pick in exchange for Trey Lance for much of Thursday and Friday, does that mean that the 49ers just took the best offer on the table for Trey Lance, despite the fact that the difference between a fourth-round pick and a fifth-round pick in the NFL, especially for a team like the 49ers that has compensatory picks abound from all the years of their assistance getting taken by other teams and also just hiring non-white assistant coaches that end up getting hired by other NFL teams leading to compensatory picks to all of their former draft picks hitting that leave in free agency that lead to compensatory picks for a team that has infinite amounts of compensatory picks them giving up them giving up Trey Lance to the Cowboys in exchange for the best offer on the table when the difference between a fourth and a fifth round pick is pretty negligible was a little bit surprising so all of the recent developments around Trey Lance are really really interesting and the reason that it's going to be tough to dive further into it is we just don't have all the information that would be able to give us an accurate assessment of what was happening. Why wasn't Trey Lance at practice on that Wednesday? What motivated the Niners to trade him as soon as they possibly could? And then ended up pulling the trigger and having it be released publicly just hours before the preseason game they were going to play against the Los Angeles Chargers. A game in which it was going to be Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Brandon Allen now playing the majority of the snaps. Like, it was so interesting, the timeline of just the last 48 hours from uh, 48 hours of Trey Lance's time in San Francisco from when it's announced or leaked by someone, maybe leaked by Trey Lance's camp, maybe leaked by his agent. Because for those who, uh, who may not know this, Trey Lance's agent is also Sam Darnold's agent. They're both represented by the same people. The same people had an incentive for the 49ers to make a decision on quarterback two and then to get Trey Lance traded to another place where he will then be quarterback two or potentially get Sam Darnold traded to a place where he could potentially be quarterback number two. And so Trey Lance's agent also being Sam Darnold's agent adds a complicated layer to also what happened in the last 48 hours of Trey Lance's tenure in San Francisco. And I'm so interested by how all of that played out and we don't have enough information. And I hope that some reporters will get more accurate information on what ended up happening in those final 48 hours of Trey Lance's tenure with the 49ers. Now, from a macro perspective, if we zoom out and start moving back around the Trey Lance timeline to the offseason when it became no longer a battle between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Because remember, after the 49ers lost in the NFC Championship game this last year, 
and we did our eulogy on the 49ers, the thing that we talked about is we don't know what Trey Lance is as an NFL quarterback. We don't really know what Brock Purdy is as an NFL quarterback. We know Brock Purdy isn't Patrick Mahomes, and we also know that Brock Purdy in a same sample size in the same offense was better than Jimmy Garoppolo last year. But that's a pretty wide gulf of analysis between he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes, but Brock Purdy is also not as is also better than last year Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that's a pretty wide gulf of skill sets. And so we don't really know what Brock Purdy is as a quarterback, and we don't know what Trey Lance is because Trey Lance didn't play enough games as a starter. This was the conversation we had with our friend Juju Talk Sports a couple weeks ago. We rehashed this same conversation that we had in February, and the 49ers were only going to have so many snaps to prioritize a quarterback's development, and they opted to give Brock Purdy all of the snaps to prioritize his development as a starting quarterback, the more surefire bet, the safer bet, whatever you want to call it, because Purdy's had eight games of sample size compared to Trey Lance's four games of sample size, and Brock Purdy playing better in those eight games than Trey Lance did in his four games. The 49ers made the decision, we're going to give Brock Purdy all of the opportunity to develop all of the in-game snaps to figure out what kind of quarterback he is. And so they moved off of Trey Lance at the end of all of it. But when the decision came in, instead of being, we're going to prioritize Brock Purdy's development over Trey Lance's development, the conversation then became, if Brock Purdy's development goes astray, we would rather take the safer option and put Sam Darnold in at quarterback rather than prioritize Trey Lance's development. Because of the ability that they've seen from Sam Darnold, because of the lack of ability they've seen from Trey Lance in the two and a half years that he's been in the organization when it comes to Trey Lance's rehab from the ankle injury, whatever their reasons might be, they made the call that we want, and and they made this call a few weeks ago, according to like 49ers sources and insiders in the conversation, Uh, even Lewis Riddick said back on May 18th which was not that long after they hired or after they signed Sam Darnold. May 18th, Lewis Riddick said on the Rich Eisen show, "Don't be surprised if Sam Darnold is chosen as the starting quarterback or sorry, is chosen as the backup quarterback over Trey Lance. That this is a real competition and Sam Darnold has just as good of a chance, if not a better chance than Trey Lance, of emerging as the quarterback, too. I'm going to play that sound for you right now real quick. This is from the Rich Eisen Show on May 18th. Lewis Riddick talking about Sam Darnold versus Trey Lance. Crystal ball it for me. This plays out where Purdy's not ready yet, and Darnold, they decide he beats out Lance in in camp? Is that how it works? And then he's a week one guy? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. That's exactly. I mean, that that's. I mean, that would have to be some, the scenario. And then Sam Darnold beat out Trey Lance for the backup quarterback job, and this was the thing that was obvious to me, and is obvious in hindsight. I mean, it was clear from the beginning. If they were serious about Sam Darnold being the backup quarterback, they just stopped believing in Trey Lance and his abilities, which is curious because of how much they had invested in Trey Lance's success. The 49ers put more into Trey Lance than what the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson. And most people argue that the Russell Wilson trade 
basically hindered the Broncos for years and years to come. And the 49ers got more production, or sorry, the 49ers gave up more and got less production from Trey Lance than the Broncos did for Russell Wilson. And so this is a scenario where they absolutely crapped out on that deal, but that's the obvious part of the deal. Um, What's most fascinating about the, if we're working backwards still, is once they were in on Sam Darnold, that was about the end of Trey Lance in San Francisco. And they ended up moving swiftly and trading him at the end. But if we go back to before the Sam Darnold backup quarterback news was coming in and before the conversation turned to Lance even being on the team at all, they had offers of a third-round pick for Lance at the NFL draft. They wanted a first-round pick. No team was willing to come up and offer a first-round pick. The Titans opted to go up and get Will Levis in the draft as opposed to giving up, say, that same second-round pick to get Trey Lance. And the 49ers didn't really view him as having any value at that point, and so they ended up sticking with him, thinking he could beat out Sam Darnold for the backup quarterback job when they had almost no intention of making Trey Lance the backup quarterback of their team. And they had no intention of giving Trey Lance the snaps that would have necessitated his development into being the starting quarterback that they traded three first-round picks for. And so what we end up seeing now at the end of the Trey Lance experiment, as the 49ers have crapped out on their crypto quarterback which again, we've, we've been saying for a couple years now, like Trey Lance is the crypto quarterback. He only has value because everyone agrees he has value. He is a quarterback who played five games in four years. He's played five games since September of two, or yeah, since the, the end of the 2019 college football season until now, four years, 45 months, Trey Lance has played five football games one of them he broke his leg in the first quarter so essentially four football games and one of them was an exhibition for North Dakota State so essentially three football games in the time since he played in 2019 he is a quarterback who no one has seen play has value because everyone agrees he has value similar to bitcoin And if you follow the trajectory of Trey Lance's career, Trey Lance had one game, or sorry, Trey Lance, his value peaked around January of 2021, which is exactly when crypto was at its highest value. Around September of 2022, his value crapped out with an injury. Trey Lance broke his leg. The crypto crash happened in the end of summer 2022. And if you follow the value of Bitcoin with Trey Lance's value, it moves very similarly in value to each other. And Trey Lance ultimately gets to be the crypto quarterback for the rest of time. He is the quarterback that most reflects, hey, we can take this... Value, we can make a dynasty out of this one player. We can make a dynasty by drafting this quarterback, and we can build a dynasty by getting rich quick on a franchise quarterback. And it didn't work out for the 49ers. The 49ers got got by crypto. They should not have given up three first-round picks 
and they should not have drafted Trey Lance when they did, especially because they would have been just fine drafting Mac Jones at pick 12, having him underperform as being a quarterback that everyone talks about as being smart and doesn't make a lot of mistakes and then makes a fuck ton of mistakes for the New England Patriots. He's had double-digit interceptions each of his first two seasons. They could have taken Mac Jones. They could have been disappointed with Mac Jones, but they at least would have had a better sample size of what Mac Jones is than what they got on Trey Lance. And now at the end of this whole experiment, they cashed out. They they held diamond strong hands. Again, if we're making a crypto joke, the the whole thing people said with crypto is that we got to hold the line. Diamond strong hands. Keep holding the line on the crypto because crypto has value as long as we all agree it has value. And then everyone started selling their crypto, and more people sold their crypto, and then a bunch of people found themselves without a bunch of money at the end of it. And so at the end of the whole experience. The 49ers held and held and held on their diamond strong hands. And then when his value was somewhere between a third round pick and a sixth round pick, they decided to opt for the safer Sam Darnold option as the backup and cash out on what they could get with Sam Darnold. When instead of saying, or cash out on Trey Lance, because instead of saying, we could get a first-round pick now. We could get a second-round pick here. They just kept holding and holding and holding until his value had plummeted. And then once the value had plummeted, they cashed out on, relatively speaking, a not-bad deal. Like getting a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance, who they were going to potentially cut at the end of training camp, getting rid of Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick when they were potentially just going to outright cut him is not a bad deal if you accept the sunken cost of saying we sunk all of this money into this quarterback and at the end of it we ended up crapping out. The crypto quarterback ends up being a failed experiment for the 49ers and again of course they were going to fail and John Lynch said as much. He said we took a gamble on Trey and it didn't work out. And guess what? Crypto is gambling. They gambled on a crypto quarterback that nobody had seen play that had value only because everyone agreed he had value and they crapped out. They crapped out on the crypto quarterback. And at the end of it, they are left with the same guttural disappointment that a lot of people who poured too much money into crypto or too much money into gambling walk away with which is bitter disappointment, a bad taste in your mouth, and a whole lot of regret. Regret for gambling that much money on a quarterback, for gambling that much money on crypto. The same bitter feeling comes at the end of this long and winding experiment for the crypto quarterback and the San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo drops back to throw. You're gonna lose the game. The seasons come and seasons go. The Niners need a change. 
If you don't throw check downs, you're gonna take a sack. Jimmy G is warming up, yeah, he's your quarterback. No, don't throw it. Interceptions drive us all insane. Phones are calling. Ron Rivera wants to make a trade. If a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up. They got your quarterback. They say he's smart, and he wins games. That don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding, talent's what you lack. Trade two picks for Jimmy G. Now he's your quarterback. All right, before we bid you adieu here on today's show, wanted to talk a little bit about Josh Jacobs. And uh, over the weekend, Josh Jacobs, who you may remember, was holding out with the Raiders with a $10.1 million franchise tag. Jacobs was going to hold out and try and pressure the Raiders to either sign him to a long-term extension or offer him more money. Josh Jacobs ended up negotiating a return to the Raiders that was $11.8 million guaranteed, which is $1.7 million more than what he was previously guaranteed on the franchise tag. There's incentives that will reach up to $12 million potentially, which is slightly more than he would have made while playing for... The, which is slightly more than he would have made playing on the franchise tag. When it all is said and done, it's uh, it's about 18% more than what he would have made playing on the franchise tag. It's still a one-year deal. I don't believe there's terms in his contract that say he can't get franchise tagged another season, although it sounds like him and the Raiders are headed towards breaking up at the end of this season. Because if you'll remember, the Raiders made the dumbass move that the Giants did where they declined the franchise tag and then end or sorry declined the fifth year option and then ended up having to decide they they declined the fifth year option and then they had to decide on whether or not to re-sign Jacobs because Jacobs had this breakout contract year season where if they had just placed the fifth year option or if they had just accepted the fifth year option they would have saved a lot of this heartache and headache that they were going through And so the Raiders ended up bringing back Josh Jacobs on a franchise tag. Jacobs said fuck that to the franchise tag, especially because him and Devontae Adams made up 60% of their offense last year. It was the most any two players had done to make up a percentage of a team's offense since, I want to say, the 1990s was the statistic. It had been a long time since someone had... Two singular players making up such a high percentage of a team's offense. I think it was like 63 or 64% of the Raiders' offense came from Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. 
And so Josh Jacobs looked around and he's like, hey, I should be getting paid as the long-term investment in the team. I'm one of the three foundational pieces of this franchise. The Raiders had three players that were named by the players as the NFL's top 100. They were all in the top 20. It was Max Crosby at 17, Devontae Adams at 13, and Josh Jacobs at 12. Jacobs might be the best running back in the NFL last year, which instinctively means we're going to view him as one of the best running backs in the NFL this year. It's all very convoluted and complicated, and he ultimately didn't get the long-term deal he was looking for, but also is going to come back to camp for the Raiders and play to start the season. I was just very curious that it ended up getting resolved the way it did. Like I thought if he was going to come back, he would have had longer financial security. He would have had maybe about $12 million a year since that seems to be where the top-end running back market is right now. I didn't think it would be on a one-year deal. I didn't think he would play for the Raiders on a one-year deal. I thought the Raiders were either going to have to cave or trade him, even though the Raiders had made it clear that they were not interested in trading Josh Jacobs. Meanwhile, Jonathan Taylor has until August 29th to find a long-term deal, and you know that's tomorrow by the time you might be listening to this, but by beyond then, it could be past August 29th, so maybe they've extended, maybe Jonathan Taylor's been traded, but as this whole Jonathan Taylor situation unfolds, Josh Jacobs was pretty much more cut and dry, which was Raiders weren't going to extend him, Raiders weren't going to trade him, Jacobs wasn't going to play on the franchise tag, they found a compromise that will probably lead to Josh Jacobs leaving in free agency at the end of this season because it doesn't make sense why the Raiders would keep dragging this out with Jacobs. It was already annoying enough to go through the offseason dealing with the franchise tag on Jacobs. It doesn't make any more sense to drag it out another year when they're already in limbo as an organization between whether or not they want to invest in the current roster or look to rebuild because the previous regime fucked up all of their draft picks and there's just a talent gap for the Raiders that is going to prevent them from being competitive over the next few years. Which, by the way, that talent gap is messing up their 2018 first-round pick, messing up their 2019 first-round pick by taking Cleland Furl at the top of the NFL draft over Josh Jacobs, and over other quarterback options in the 2020 draft class, then taking Henry Ruggs, then drafting Damon Arnett in the first round, then the following year drafting Alex Leatherwood in the first round, and then having third, fourth, and fifth round picks that made up for their mistakes. For example, Max Crosby being a third round pick, he's one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. He replaced Khalil Mack, despite the fact that the Raiders absolutely did not replace the value on Khalil Mack. They ended up drafting Jonathan Abram in the Amari Cooper trade. That didn't lead to anything. The Raiders ended up they ended up drafting Hunter Renfro, who ended up being a solid wide receiver, but it didn't make up for the fact that Henry Ruggs had, uh, first of all, a car crash that ended up killing a woman and now he'll face some measure of jail time. It was just announced what his minimum sentence would be. I don't think they've announced his full sentencing yet for killing that woman in a car crash. Um, they've been able to replace 
mess missed draft picks across the board with players like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Max Crosby. And my philosophy was at the end of last year, they should look to trade Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller because those were players that were fourth, fifth round picks, guys who, in the case of Waller, had been cut by the Ravens previously. I thought it made sense to maximize their value while it was the highest. And they did that on Darren Waller. They got a a third-round pick in exchange for Darren Waller by trading him to the New York Giants. Uh, They extended Max Crosby. They're still in limbo on Hunter Renfro, who at this point feels like he's like the fourth or fifth receiver in that offense, despite the fact that he had more receptions than Justin Jefferson and more touchdowns than Stephon Diggs two years ago. Uh, Hunter Renfro was probably someone they should have traded if they were going to sign Jacoby Myers to play wide receiver. Everything the Raiders are doing is very complicated, and they're kind of stuck between this, we don't have enough talent to compete in the AFC, but we also don't want to rebuild because we just went through a rebuild, and we're also not ready to move on from Josh McDaniels yet. So the Raiders are just kind of stuck in this limbo at this point. I would assume that... Josh Jacobs is going to move on at the end of this season, although maybe the Raiders stay in limbo. Maybe they try and find another short-term quarterback option like Garoppolo because, again, they can get out of the Garoppolo deal after one season. This is, this is a short-term investment that they have made in Jimmy Garoppolo. So I just don't know what direction they're headed after this. The part that feels a little bit more secure at this point is Jacobs is coming back on a one-year deal, which signifies that this will probably be his last year with the Raiders. But I also don't see a world in which Jacobs plays better than he did last year. He was amazing last season for the Raiders. Maybe the best running back in the NFL for most of the season. I don't see a world where he plays that well for this Raiders team. And if that's the case, I was surprised he came back at all because of where his value currently stands as being someone who could get a a top level running back contract on the open market. There would be a team eager to sign Josh Jacobs to a big old contract. I I don't know which team it would be, whether it's the dolphins, whether it's the bears, whether it's someone else, someone would be eager to give some money to Josh Jacobs, even though people keep talking about the running back position, not having value and all that stuff. Someone would have paid for Josh Jacobs on the open market because he's one of those talents that has proven to be the exception to the rule over two of his four years in the NFL, but even the two years that he wasn't incredible, he was still pretty good. So Josh Jacobs, a former first-round pick, top-end talent, has proven himself to be the exception to a lot of these running back rules, and so I would have expected him to get a contract on the open market, which is why I'm surprised that he's now back with the Raiders on a one-year contract that only pays him slightly more than he previously was making on the franchise tag. It was an interesting compromise that they made, and uh, at the end of the day, I'm kind of interested by the results they they settled on for him to return to the Raiders. So that's our Josh Jacobs thoughts right before we wrap up this show here. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in to the Take It Easy podcast. We've got episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday here on the show. Plan for the rest of this week is to have our friend Razor Rosenthal back on the show for the first time since the end of March Madness and uh, to have a conversation with our friend Juju Talk Sports uh, about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. 
Uh, we, those will be the two episodes in some order, Wednesday and Thursday here on the show. Uh, thank you for stopping in here, everybody. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Greatly appreciated as we've made the move from five days a week to three days a week. You guys have continued to show your support, and we much appreciate that. Uh, we will talk to you again on Wednesday. And until then, take it easy. Play us out with the Jimmy Garoppolo theme song. Garoppolo drops back to throw. You're gonna lose the game. The seasons come and seasons go. The Niners need a change. If you don't throw check downs, you're gonna take a sack. Jimmy G is warming up. Yeah, he's your quarterback. No, don't throw it. Interceptions drive us all insane. Phones are calling. Ron Rivera wants to make a trade. If a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up. They got your quarterback. They say he's smart, and he wins games. That don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding, talent's what you lack. Trade two picks for Jimmy G. Now he's your quarterback. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.